Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown, Titans! Jonu Smith tips it to himself! What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out! And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven and he wins! Welcome to Titans Beat on the Say It Again Network. I'm Joe Lemming alongside Anna Lewis and the all-time great Albert Hainsworth. The Tennessee Titans coming off a not-foreseen loss to the Browns, losing 41-35, to where many say it wasn't as close as the score indicates. I would just love to get y'all's thoughts on that game and recap what you guys saw happen this weekend. Yeah, I am frustrated um, because, uh, like we were just chatting about before we started recording, it's it's just frustrating to see our team show up so slow and then they pick it up in the second half. You can't do that. That's not how you win playoff games. It's not how you win a Super Bowl. Um, you can't you can't start a game 38 to seven. Like it, it's just not how you win a football game. Um, so I'm frustrated because we obviously saw that our team can come back from a deficit, but I'd rather not play down 31 points at halftime. That's just how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, uh, they made Baker Mayfield look like a MVP candidate to me. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't even think the guy is really that that good. I think he's an okay quarterback, but I mean, he looked like, I mean, he looked like Aaron Rodgers out there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and then the offense didn't really do much. So, yeah, I mean, uh, overall, very poor performance um, in the first half and, and of course, a, a, a turnaround in the second. Yeah. Absolutely. I know Joe and I have a uh, Joe and I have a lot of thoughts going back and forth um, about some key components on the offensive side of the ball. And if you follow either one of us on Twitter, you know exactly who we're talking about. But let's save that for later. Save that little nugget for so they have to stick around a little while. Um, Joe, I don't. Why don't you tell us what you thought? You didn't really give us much of your thoughts. Yeah, no, it, it was a it was a tale of really two halves, of course, you know, coming out slow in the first and like we couldn't be stopped in the second. But there was a couple turning points for me that were backbreakers. <clears throat> One of them you can kind of turn a blind eye to with the Derrick Henry fumble, his first fumble all season. And it was really just somebody snuck up behind him and popped the ball out. I mean, he he's super, super keen on his ball security. So I think that's just a fluke. But uh, that the Borders touchdown, the 75-yard touchdown, where he just bit hard to the sideline. I watched it live. I was like, why? He, he was guarding the sticks. That's where he cut. He cut right at the first down marker. But I, I just don't know how. I don't know if he was looking at the quarterback and lost sight of the, his man he was covering. But that was a backbreaker. And then the Adam Humphreys, you know, dropped ball that turned into an interception in the second half. I mean, those are just backbreakers. It's hard to come back from things like that, especially when you're playing from behind, but you kind of shaded to it a little bit. We're going to be talking a bit about Ryan Tannehill. I think he played arguably his best game as a Tennessee Titan. Excuse me. 
I think- okay, hold on. I want to pause real quick and address something you said about Brianna Borders because I don't understand. Like I was, I like rewound it because I didn't believe that he really jabbed that hard for an out route. Like nobody does that. So that was lack of experience in my opinion. Cause he, I don't know how many snaps he's had this season, but like, it's not a lot. Nobody goes that hard for an out route. So I don't know what he was doing. And then he got beat again. So Breon borders. I don't know. He got a lot of praise last week cause he had a great game, but then it was like, this game, he just he had two really really bad plays, and then that both turned into touchdowns. And then he had, I think like one probably redeeming play. But when you have two touchdown scoring plays against you, you have to do better than one good play. And uh, it, best What's, game as a Tennessee Titan, sir. One thing on the, on that borders is <laughs> it, 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 it was so weird to me because he was like no than two yards off of the sideline. So there wasn't even room to run an out route, which I don't know if he no. got lost or I, I, I didn't know what was going on. I or if he thought he slipped. had safety help. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It, that was either not knowing the play call and not being able to read the route that was being run or just an absolute like brain fart for lack of a better word, because it just didn't make sense. And it cost us 75 yards and a touchdown. It sucked. Now I know there was somebody else back there with him that bit hard on the play action. Yep. But, I mean, still at the same time, I don't remember if it was Butler or if it was Vicaro. I don't know who it was. But he bit hard, but he was on the other side of the field. So even if he didn't bite on that fake, he still would have been on an island by himself. So yeah, it was just – it was a, a younger dude's mistake not making the play that he was supposed to. And you know, he'll grow from it. It just – it's unfortunate that it happened in a game and in a situation when it couldn't have happened. But, yes. Yep. That was Ryan – in my mind, that was one of Brian Tannehill's best game as a Tennessee Titan. And he is the only reason that we had a chance to come back. He dropped dimes all day. You don't have a Second wide receiver. You, but he Second was. Half. In the first half, he had drops. 60 minutes of football, Joe. You have to play 60 minutes of football. Every single person on that football team is to blame for that loss, including Ryan Tannehill. Not his best game as a Titan. I don't think this is the day we go, oh, Ryan Tannehill definitely deserves to be an MVP now. He sucked for 30 minutes. MVP? MVP of what? There are people saying Ryan Tannehill needs to be an MVP talks, Albert. It's ridiculous. MVP of the NFL? Yes. I don't think Joe is one of these people, but there are people out there. No, definitely not MVP of the NFL. But, you know. Drive stalled out early. He didn't have as much of a chance to make an impact in the first half. Because you got to look at the, the play with the drive that Derrick Henry fumbled. Okay, yep. that was at the very beginning of the drive. And the, the drive where the refs marked him, Derrick Henry short one yard. That's you know, the play before that, he, he hit the, the trick play, which was a stupid play to on, on third and one to throw a trick play to your uh, backup tackle. But he hit him on the money. It should have been a catch. And that drive <laughs> stalled out because of a bad spot. And then from the, I, I just, I didn't see Ryan Tannehill really miss guys. He was hitting guys on the money. There they were two, three and outs, two, three and outs. And a couple of the plays there were not Ryan Tannehill threw a perfect pass and they just dropped them. AJ Brown had a big drop. Um, obviously Adam Humphreys had a really bad miss. Hey, of a pass, but that was, those were both second half. I'm not going to hate on an offensive lineman that dropped the football. He, this 
is not his job. Right. His typical job to be running routes and get used to. I, I hate those trick plays so much, especially on third and one. So I had a big issue with Art Smith yesterday. But I'm also, let me just say this to the people that do think Ryan Tannehill, if we're if we're going to take that Joe thinks yesterday was Ryan Tannehill's best game, and then we're going to take those of you that think that Ryan Tannehill deserves to be in league MVP conversations. If that is the best game of a league MVP, then the NFL is in a terrible place because that wasn't <laughs> what I'm sorry, Albert. I'm coming back if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We're going to see <laughs> the re the reemergence of Albert Hainsworth is going to happen, which I would not be upset about, if I'm being honest. But um, but yeah, I mean, that's it's crazy. I, I feel like it's a crazy claim by you to say that was his best game. If I had to think, I'll have to like sit here and think for a minute. I'll let you guys talk and I'll be able to identify what I think his best game was. But if that's his best game, I mean, yeah, he scored four touchdowns and a half. Is that right? Three. Four touchdowns. Three. Are you sure? I think he only had three, because one of the last touchdowns was a McNich- uh, McNichols rushing touchdown. I I'm one of those people. I count any touchdown as the quarterback contributes to it because they contribute to the drive. So I actually give Ryan Tano more credit than the stats do. But I mean, he had four touchdown drives in the second half, which is crazy. I mean, that is good. Well, but wait, then was... then Baker Mayfield have four touchdowns he in the had, first. He had five. Yeah, five. So that means just. Uh, is he the best uh, quarterback? No. I mean, I got hated on by Browns fans yesterday. By the way, they started trolling my messages because <laughs> I said Baker Mayfield was still mediocre. <laughs> of course he is. He I is. Mean, finally, just now got more touchdowns than he got commercials. <laughs> I mean, like, like years. That's all I saw is his commercials. I'm like. Really? <laughs> they like, also just put out his Thanksgiving commercial, but like way too late. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm look I'm looking over the stat sheet from yesterday, and three touchdowns did sound off. So I guess on the play where AJ fumbled at the one, and uh, Michael Pruitt picked it up and went in the end zone, they mm-hmm. didn't credit they didn't credit anybody with that touchdown. That's hilarious. So I, uh, so he, yes, he he did have four touchdowns. Guy who, uh, should have credited the guy who recovered it. Right. Right. And he doesn't have a rushing touchdown. He doesn't have a receiving touchdown for that. Michael Pruitt only has the one touchdown where on his one reception, which is bizarre. So I, I, that's much be a scoring error. So I guess Tannehill did have four touchdowns instead of three. Uh, yeah. I think so. Uh, that, if you count that, that's that's not that's not real. I mean, that's not true because it would be. Uh, I mean, AJ didn't cross the goal line. He fumbled the ball into the goal, then go anyway into the end zone, and uh, you know the other guy recovered. So it would be a touchdown for for Tannehill. I mean, I know that would make your fact for him being the greatest Titan quarterback of the century or whatever. But <laughs> oh, come on! No, that, I never said that. Come on now. Uh, so this is a real question. To you, Albert, because I've seen this comparison a lot, and I don't like it. Um, people are saying, you know, Ryan Tannehill deserves, as far as um, quarterbacks with the Titans, and I realize we don't have a ton to choose from, but 
we're starting to put Ryan Tannehill at the same level as Steve McNair. And I, for one, am a little uncomfortable with that just because I have a, an enormous amount of respect for Steve um, and the way he played and the things he played through and uh, the way he led that team. I think Ryan Tannehill has he has confidence, he has ability, and he's a good quarterback. But to me, Steve was something a little bit more than that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what people you're uh, <laughs> you're talking to. I mean, these people it's are Twitter. Absolutely nuts. I mean, they need to deactivate their Twitter account for sure. <laughs> you know, Tannehill compares to Steve McNair. I mean, no. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you rate the Titans quarterbacks. Who would you say? I mean, he could be maybe possibly in the top five. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, as far Joe, as. Joe, what's he, happening? Not even close. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you, no. are you saying he's like up there, Steve McNair? Steve McNair is number one. And then there's a large gap until you get to number two. But Correct. who. Who are you going to put above right now with the performance he's doing and the success this team is having? Who do you put above him? I mean, maybe Kerry Collins. Maybe you can place Kerry Collins above him just because of the success that Kerry had here. But you didn't see longevity or consistent numbers from Vince. Marcus was up and down. I mean, who do you put put above Tannehill? I'm just curious who, who y'all's rank. Been here for less than two years. Right, but he's been consistent every game. He's not having this. I mean, who would you uh, just? I'll, I'll listen. Who would y'all put at number two? How are your thoughts? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, you haven't had great success at quarterback at the Titans, and that's why there's and, that large gap. I mean, it's not like it's oh man, he he's pushing for Steve's number one spot. It's just we haven't had a long history of good yeah, quarterback yeah. play. We've been and a running I'll, back team. As long well, as he sits the way. Lacks. Just see yeah. how, it, I mean, how I mean, it's, it's, it's short. I mean, Billy Bullock had some some success. You know, Vince had some success. You know, all that stuff. So, like, but it's only been, like, and I said, it's only been two years. So, uh, you know, let's see that last and see if he stays number two or he drops down with everybody else. Yeah. Let me say this just to clear the record out here, because people really think that I am anti-Titans because they think I'm anti-Ryan Tannehill. I'm not anti-Ryan Tannehill. He's my quarterback, and I cheer for him every single Sunday. I just think that we have gotten very used to having mediocre quarterbacks that we think a good quarterback is great, and I don't think that's fair because he doesn't have the longevity. He's had... I don't know how many games I should have looked this up before the game or before we recorded, but um, less than two years. And all those quarterbacks that we just talked about had really great less than two years. I need him to do it for four or five. So I'm right now, if he continued the way he does for the next for, for the remainder of his contract, I'll put him at number two, but he has to stay the way he is right now. Um, we've seen too many quarterbacks be really, really solid and then completely fall off. Um, cause I felt that way about Vince Young. And I think, you know, there were definitely some issues there, but he had all the talent in the world too. He just didn't keep it going here. Um, right now there, there's a huge gap after Steve McNair. Um, and Ryan Tannehill, I'll put him at number two, but 
it, like Albert said, it got to make sure it, it lasts. But I went, Joe, I went and looked at Ryan Tannehill's best. I looked at all of his games that he had over 300 passing yards in his career. I pulled up all of them. But he's had seven with us where he had over 300 passing yards. And I'd say probably his best numbers-wise was against Oakland last year where he had 391 passing yards and his pass rating was 140. So I think that's a lot better than yesterday, yeah? Yeah, and – Again, I, I said one of his best. There's two games okay, I put. Okay. I, there's, two, there's two games I put as better than what he played yesterday was the Chiefs game when we came back and beat the Chiefs, and okay. the Raiders game because that was the game. The Raiders was when Derrick Henry pulled his hamstring, and yep. he was pretty much playing with one leg, and he balled out. So I mean, those are the two games I would put above as far as accuracy and numbers that he put up. I think this is number three. Okay. Well, I, I'm gonna say this like. Mm. And not hating on Ryan, Ryan Tannehill at all. This thing is, is a good quarterback for the Titans, but if he loses Derrick Henry, I don't feel like we can put the put it on his shoulders. Like yeah. I think he needs help, and you know, I mean, he needs a, a good run game to open it up. But he's not going to dissect you if he don't have a run game. Yeah. So but, if I I'm a defensive coordinator doing a film breakdown on the Titans, and I'm prepping for them because this is exactly this is actually exactly what Cleveland must have done. This is exactly what Kansas City did for the AFC Championship. I look at who wins these games. If you break down the numbers, I had shout out to Russell from the Say It Again Network because he did some number crunching for me a couple weeks ago. Um, but when Derrick Henry has over a hundred rushing yards. Ryan Tan- the Titans, so Ryan, Ryan Tannehill-led Titans team is 12-2. and two. When he doesn't have 100 rushing yards, they're 5-7. And, seven. and that's, all, that's the main stat line I need to know. Who's winning? And Derrick Henry is pushing that win. Um, it's, there's mutual respect there. When Ryan Tannehill is off, Derrick Henry's kind of off. He's not completely off. But when Derrick Henry is off, Ryan Tannehill doesn't show up as much. And um, I know yesterday he did step up in the second half, but where was he in the first half? That's just that's how I feel. So if I'm a defensive coordinator preparing for the Titans and the games that you've seen us get shut down offensively is when they load eight or nine people in the box. They're not worried about the receivers because if Ryan Tannehill is pressure, he's not making a play. And if they stop Derrick Henry, we're done. That's just my two cents. Boom. So some side by side comparison (laughs) just for just for a talking point through 12 games last year. Ryan Tannehill put up 2,742 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six picks. This year, through 12 games, we've got 2,997 yards, 26 touchdowns, and five interceptions. So, I mean, year to year, he's up. I mean, I'm not saying he's MVP. What What are you saying? Uh, No, so what got me going was whenever Anna posted on Twitter during the game is to stop that the Browns were inflating his stats. And I'm just like, they didn't. St- the Browns didn't stop playing. They played us through. They didn't go prevent the entire second half. They were scared that entire second half because we had momentum that entire second half. We did. Game. So I mean, they were scared. They weren't. They were trying to stop us, and they couldn't. And what? But you don't he- think it? Go Henry ahead. Henry had Sorry. what three? Henry had what three or four rushes in the second half? And I don't think he was even on the field at all in the fourth quarter. And he was he was still being highly efficient. So I'm just going to his honor that that was a great game, and he was on the money all game. And so, so 
That's just where I'm defending him. Rewind the tape, Joe. You'll hear me say, I gave Ryan Tannehill credit for his second half comeback. But did the Titans win? Did we have to play from behind and stop running the ball? Yeah, and we didn't win. So it doesn't matter. Fair enough. I I just wanted to defend (laughs) the fact that he did not get some gar. It wasn't some garbage time prevent that he got almost 400 yards passing. It's because he had to and he was accurate. You don't think that the last six minutes were garbage time? That's when I tweeted that was at like minute six or six minutes left. No. You don't think that was I, garbage I time? No. They knew they had the game at that point. They I had knew all they their had the starters in. They weren't playing off the ball. They were playing press trying to end the game and they couldn't. Joe, yes, did, did you meet? Did you win like a uh, meet, you know, Ryan Tannehill or something like that? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're fanboying over here a lot, you know. I mean, you know it's, I'm just calling what I saw. Cause I, I thought the game was over and he kept us in it the second half. And I just want to give man credit where credit's due. You wanna know what I said at halftime? What's that? Because I, I just talk to myself during these games when I stay at home and watch it by myself. Um I sat there and I was just like muttering and pissed off because we were down thirty one points and teams are 135 and zero if they have a 31 point lead in the NFL. So I was like, this is either going to be a great day and we're going to make some NFL history or I'm going to be pissed again. But I was like, I said, the Ryan Tannehill fans are going to have something to talk about and something to come at me for because he's going to make this game interesting, but we're not going to win. Cause I knew at halftime we were not going to win, but that game was going to get close. I didn't think it was going to be that close if I'm being honest, but I knew it was going to be close. I knew he was going to come back because they weren't going to come out there and let the Browns beat them 70 to whatever. So yeah. if we would have recovered that onside kick and won the game, who would you have given credit to? Ryan Tannehill. Okay. That's all. I would have that's all. also given some credit to the defense that shut them down to three points yeah. in one half. Yeah. So, but you see how when that happens and I give the defense credit, people are like, oh, you don't criticize the defense at all. And you just hate Ryan Tannehill. No, I gave the defense a ton of crap yesterday for whatever the hell they were doing in the first half. That sucked. Like, that was horrible to watch. And I was pissed. I knew, I saw when Jeffrey Simmons threw that guy's arm down when they were locked up, I knew that if they didn't get it together in the locker room at halftime, he's kind of a hothead. I've seen him be a hothead in college, and we haven't had to see it a lot in Tennessee. But I was nervous he's going to come out there and possibly get ejected. I mean, it just didn't – I didn't feel right about anything that was happening on the defensive side of the ball. So I was glad to see them get it together and hold them to three points. Part of that is in the first half, the Browns had 44 offensive snaps, and we had 22 offensive snaps. That's wow. a problem. So outside of an analytical standpoint after this loss, is something that, something that people haven't really talked about is now we no longer have a game in hand against the Colts. Which, if the Titans handle business, if we would have won yesterday and handled business, you know, every game except the Packers moving forward, you would have had an opportunity to rest your players week 17 against the Texans. But now you pretty much, unless the wheels just fall off the wagons for the Colts, week 17 is going to be important. That's going to be the difference between being a wild card team and winning your division. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't put ourselves in a great position. Yeah, you know the Titans always got to keep it interesting, <laughs> can never let you rest. So, 
That's what it is. I mean, and they're going to have to go out there and play every game. You know, everything's going to be close. Uh, I mean, all the way down to the end of the season. So what do you expect? I mean, that's that's why Titans, Titan fans have bad hearts because of the way we play. <laughs> that's hilarious. So what, uh, I mean, Joe, what are your other breakdowns on yesterday? What did you see? as far as things that went wrong um, outside of obviously whatever the heck happened in the first half. I think Breon Borders has gotten picked on enough. Yeah, no, Borders, he's, again, he's young. He's going to learn from it, and he's going he's to be a good player for this team. So I, I think it was just a one-off. But I think we really covered a lot of what went wrong. We weren't getting pressure to Baker enough, which, I mean, that's been mm-hmm. the problem for most of the season because that's when he's at his worst is when he's under pressure. And he tries to make that, that, that hero throw, and it usually turns up against him. And we just didn't get the pressure there to make him uncomfortable. So I, I don't know what we got to do to fix that, but I really wanted to just blow past Jack Conklin this week, and unfortunately that didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew mean, it was going to happen. Rush. That's what we got to do instead yeah. of just the way we get off the ball. <laughs> I mean, we, we I mean we don't patch rush. I mean, we don't get off the ball like you can't. He can. I mean, any any quarterback can sit back there and and, and beat you seven oh seven. You know, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. If you don't if you don't hit the quarterback, you don't get in their face. I mean, you're not gonna have any. You're gonna have a shot. So, yeah. I mean, like I told everybody, like Titans are not gonna win a Super Bowl or or whatever if they don't. Learn how to pass rush. I mean, learn how to get pressure without blitzing. If you look at, if you look at all their games, it's probably more than double or triple of them getting pat or getting pressure by blitzing than them getting uh, than them pass rushing. I mean, you're not you're not gonna win like that. Not in the playoffs. And, and yeah. luckily, luckily last year, you know, they you know they. Uh, it beat Tom Brady, which he didn't have a lot of weapons. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson, you know, he, you know, he was going to run the ball mostly and, you know, throw, you know, second or third. So, I mean, that's how they did it. But when they came up against a true passing quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, they got toasted. And it's going to be the same thing this year. If they don't learn how to pass rush and get pressure with four, you know, I'm not going to go far. So just a waste of even talking about it. Do you think it's a, I know we've talked about it a couple of times, but to the right now, do you sit here and think it's a scheming issue or do you think it's a personnel issue? I mean, do you think we still have the talent there? Um, I have my thoughts on that, but I want to hear yours. No, I think they definitely have the talent. I think it's more a, a scheme. I mean, they're shifting, you know they're doing this. I mean their games, like the the games that they run, are <laughs> are awful. I mean it's yeah. like the games are the same. We were in the same exact games, but it's the details and how you run, how you run that, how you run those games. And they have been, I mean I've watched. It's just uh, it's not good. And, and and then like you know you. You're gonna like sit there on the line on first and second down. Well, hell, how many times do uh, 
quarterbacks now in the NFL passing first and second down. Like they're trying to play to run, and and then NFL's turned into a passing league. You gotta you gotta yeah. get off the box. It's almost you know you you pass rush to to play to run. Like you get off the ball, and then you can react to to whatever the offensive lineman's giving you. And, and most of the time, if you're knocking him back, he's not giving you anything. So either way, you're either putting pressure on the quarterback or you're cutting off the, the running lanes for the running back. I mean, yeah. that, that's how we played it uh, when I was there. And, I mean, they got the personnel to be able to do that, and they're not doing it. So, Yeah, but, I agree. Up. Even without Clowney? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And that's so why when, like Clowney hasn't really had, uh, well, he hasn't had any numbers. And people are thinking that he's he's a waste of money. He's not a waste of money. He's actually been, I see, very effective. But when when you're D-line, and I'm not calling them out like they're bad players or anything, but when they're kind of just sitting on the ball, you know, I mean, he's not. You know, because the yeah. quarterback step up, quarterback step up and avoid that rush. You know, I mean, like, uh, I mean, that's what it is. But you see him getting back there. He's been doing everything he possibly can to get back there. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, they just, yeah, they, I mean, they got to they gotta change their change their D-line play. I mean, their defensive tackle play to get more pressure. And yeah. And be effective. Uh, what I am afraid we are seeing, and I hope I'm wrong, is if, if Rabel stays stubborn and doesn't, I don't think he can get, I don't think John Robinson will let him not hire a defensive coordinator next year because this has been ridiculous. But if he stays stubborn and they somehow don't pull out a defensive coordinator for the 2021 season, I think we see a wasted Jeffrey Simmons. And that, it upsets me, but like it pisses me off more than anything because seeing wasted talent, seeing somebody that could be a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and him just be completely wasted right now is very frustrating. And it has a lot to do with the decisions that are being made from a schematic perspective, not anything that he's doing wrong. He needs to get off the ball a lot faster. He needs to stop getting caught up with his hands. But I think you change a couple of schematic things, even with him getting caught the way he is, he still makes impact. His confidence goes up. Then you can go, okay, here's how you get out of this. Maybe he calls Albert and has a little little session with him on – how to get off the ball a little bit quicker. Then we see a whole new monster. That guy is making such an impact given what he has right now and the plan that they have in place. I'd love to see him with Dean Pease. I'd love to see him with Wade Phillips. But, I I mean, I don't know what's going on in Mike Rabel's head that he can sit there and answer the question every week from the press, you know, do you regret not hiring a defensive coordinator? Do you think this is a lack of defensive coordinator issue? He's like, no. Yes, it is. It 100% is. And then the other issue that we're seeing with the defense is obviously there's some issues in the secondary. I hate that we didn't sign back Logan Ryan last year, but we're we're past that. We've, you know, banked on Dory Jackson being here and being able to make an impact. And he's taking up a roster spot right now. And if we see him not even play, that, I mean, what is that? We say John Robinson and Mike Rabel have got it together. And I trust a lot of what they do. They're making they're making me question them a lot this year. It's been very frustrating from just an overview. When you look at all the talent that we have, and you look at the fact that Ryan Tannehill can sometimes win games for you, I'll give him that. And what I will say about that is when I say he's a game manager, 
it means he's not going to make a lot of mistakes. So when you were rattling off his um, his overall stat lines with his touchdown to interception ratios, those look great on paper. But game managers don't make a lot of mistakes. He also doesn't take a lot of risks. So that's that's why I call him a game manager. But whatever. I'm not going to go back down that rabbit hole with you, Joe. Um, you look at the Dory Jackson issue. You look at the defensive coordinator thing. You look at the Vic Beasley situation. I mean, there's just a lot of things this year that make you go, what were they thinking? That's just me. So I don't have a big problem with the Titans going all in on getting Vic Beasley and Clowney because when you have a championship window that's open, you've got to try to go all in. So I think that's what they were trying to do, and it just backfired. I don't think Clowney backfired. It's just unfortunate he's out for the season. Vic Beasley backfired. But speaking of taking up a roster space, this is something that came up this week, and it made me think. We signed Adam Humphreys to a massive contract when he came here for a player that's producing the way he has since he got here. Okay, at first, Mariota. Mariota was shaky. But now he's had over a full year with Ryan Tannehill, and he doesn't get looks outside of third down. And you've got some really, really big guys coming up in free agency that you've got to bring back. Do you cut Adam Humphreys in the offseason to free up some money to bring back guys like Corey Davis, Johnny Smith? I think Jayon Brown's going into free agency this year as well, I think. Yeah. There's some big names. For a guy to make, what is it, his his hit next year is almost 10 mil? Like, I think I, you got to free that money up. So, Joe, I think I'm going to make you mad again. And I'm really sorry that I'm doing this to you today. (laughs) Corey Davis has had an exceptional year. He has not had an exceptional career as a Titan. So if I'm looking at Jonu, I'm looking at Jayon, I'm looking at Corey Davis. I think there's there's a couple other people. I mean, there's a lot of guys that go into free agency this offseason. I can't remember off the top of my head because those are the three biggest ones. I'm keeping Jonu and Jayon all day long. Um, I might try to get Corey a little bit cheaper. Um, but if it's not, I, I might try to keep Clowney, to be honest. I, I want Clowney, Jayon, and Janu. Yeah. Um, I'm letting Corey go, unfortunately. And a lot of people are like, oh, we haven't seen a duo like A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. It's valid. But I trust A.J.'s promise a little bit more to carry that as wide receiver one. And then we've got guys that fill in elsewhere. I think we're okay without Corey. Um, I don't think we're okay without Janu because he's been – I know he was out this week, but he's a huge impact player. Um, we just have a lot of luck in that tight end room, so he doesn't – I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves, actually, and I know he gets a lot. I think he's more impactful than most people for. Clowney, with the right scheme, is a monster, and Albert's absolutely right. When you're not getting that pressure from the front, pushing the quarterback out to where he can't step up um, – Clowney eats all day long. We just haven't been given that pressure. And then you can't lose Jayon. If we lose Jayon, I might not watch that much Titans football next year, if I'm being completely honest. I would be pissed because we let Jarrell Casey go. We let Wesley Woodyard go. We let Logan Ryan go. If we let Jayon Brown go, that's a lot of defensive players that I just can't. I, w- I would be very, very upset, and I would be very vocal about it. I think out of all of our free agents this coming up season, I think Jayon's probably going to be the least expensive out of all of them. Not because he's bad by any means. I love Jayon Brown. He's just not going. He's not at that skill position like a wide receiver or a tight end that's going to command a big contract. And 
you know, I'm I'm with you saying that about Corey Davis doesn't really make me mad because you know you saw the instant success with Tannehill and AJ Brown last year because in training camp Tannehill practiced with the twos, which AJ was a two for most of the part. Yeah. And now he's had a full off season with Tannehill with Davis and he started to show flashes of what we drafted him to be. I think if he starts going a buck, a buck fifty, you know, every other game throughout the end of the season, he becomes more of a vital guy that you have to bring back. But it's starting to shift towards that, like, okay, this is a guy that at first we were like, okay, we're okay if he walks to like, oh crap, we might kick ourselves if we let him go. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's at least given, he's made us think and he's making it a conversation now where if you would have asked this question, if he went into free agency last year, no thanks. But this year he's, He's been good. I still wouldn't pick up his fifth-year option if I could go back and have that chance again because he's not worth, what was that tag, 15 mil? I, mean, I wouldn't pay 15 mil for Corey Davis. But yeah. enough about last week's game. We've got another pivotal matchup against a divisional opponent in the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. And this has the makings of a true trap game. The Jaguars yeah. are 1-11, haven't won since week one. When we beat them, what was it, week three? It was like, okay, the Jaguars might be good. No, they are who we thought they were. And right now they've got Mike Glennon at quarterback, who's not playing half bad. They rode the Browns to the wire. They rode the Packers to the wire and the Vikings. So they're putting up points and they're playing teams close. So if we start off slow like we did this week, we could be in some massive trouble down in Jacksonville. I agree. I mean, they all get paid just like we do. I mean, they all have professionals just like we do. So, I mean, it depends on how we come out and play. Come out and be angry for losing to the Browns and smash them in the mouth, then, then um, you know, maybe the maybe the Jags will fold. You know? I mean, that's what's so, but uh, it's also a division rival and they don't like us and we don't like them. So they're, I, I say they're going to go out there and play. So it's just how we handle it, to be honest. Yep. And you know who they have that they didn't have before? They have one of our linebackers and they have somebody that probably has a little bit of extra incentive to hit Derrick Henry a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Like Correa probably feels some type of way about the organization, which I don't know that he has really that much of a impact that it matters. Um, but um, he could, and he could have some like secrets that we don't know, but I don't know. I've never been in a professional locker room, but um, he might know some stuff and be able to share some stuff that the defensive coordinator wouldn't have previously known. And it is a divisional matchup where they know your playbook a little bit better. So it does have the makings of a trap game. It makes me nervous. Um, Y'all have probably seen me interact with Jimmy Smith quite a bit on Twitter. That man was a legend, and uh, and he loves giving me crap when the Titans lose. So I just really – we can't lose to the Jaguars. I don't know that I can emotionally take it. Um, I think what we'll see is the Titans bounce back and smack them in the mouth because of this game this week. But I will say I am, as a fan, as a football analyst, as a former coach, I am sick and tired of seeing reactionary football where it's like, oh, we get down and play down. And then, okay, the next week we've got to smack them in the mouth. Like, we played like crap against the Colts on Thursday Night Football. 
we went up to Indy and smacked them in the mouth. I'm sick of that. Like, just play consistent. I don't want to have to guess which team is going to show up. It's very exhausting and very frustrating. Yeah, so got to change teams, you know? That's, I that's, know! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just want them to be great, Albert. I feel like that's not a big ask. <laughs> yeah, this is a big ask for the Titans to just go out in there and, like, how they start off with uh, five and... Uh, what did they start off like five and zero or six and zero? Uh-huh. Yeah, let them go out and do that. Mm, yeah, yeah, they can't they can't go out there and do that uh, consistently. <laughs> That's just yeah. not us. It's not us. Nope. Not for nope. a while. Can't be great all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so something interesting from the first matchup we had with them this season, Derrick Henry got held to eighty four yards on twenty five attempts. So you better believe that they're planning on trying to stop him again because that's what kept them in the game. It was week two, excuse me, not week three. So you've got to get Henry going early because, and that's when we had Lawan. So you've really got to hammer at them early and wear them down because if not, it might be a long day because we only won by three points. Yep. Ryan Tannehill, prove me wrong on Sunday. Prove me wrong. Make me eat my words. Do what you got to do, man. Because I... I'm sick of the heartache, and I can't. I if we go as a wild card team to the playoffs again, I'm just gonna be so distraught. There's not another word for it. <laughs> oh, I need a home playoff game. Yes. I've never in all my years I've never been to a home playoff game, and I need it more than anything. That would be so cool. And of course, the year that we're taking off and that we have the potential for it is the year that we can't be at full capacity. You know, what kind of crap is this? <laughs> this yeah. sucks. I'm going to do everything I can do to be there, but I would love to see that place, you know, all two-tone blue, ready to rock it. And, uh, you know, that 20% capacity just, just hits a little different. <laughs> yeah, no. So, well, putting this, I, Albert and I decided last week, at least he hasn't put a score prediction out there at all. I'm going to stop because I just suck at them. So if you want to put a score prediction out there, Joe, it's all you. <laughs> it's going to be of course all. I- no, that's, what, that's what Joe's going to say. Yep. That, that's, uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to throw for 700 yards and 12 touchdowns, and we're okay. going to win 100 to 14. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. <laughs> no, um, I, I think this game's definitely going to run through Derrick Henry this week. Um I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense played this week. I just off of recent trends with the Jaguars and the Titans putting up a lot of points. So I'm, I'm going to go with 30 to 27. Wow. You think it's going to be that close? I I watched Mike Glennon play these past couple weeks and he's been on target. So, I mean, he's been a yeah. little generous. He's thrown a couple picks, but we, we typically play poorly against backup quarterbacks. We so do. I, we don't have a lot of film on him. I don't know if we're going to prepare for him as well as we should. So I, I think they might come out and try to shock us. I think they're going to play us tight. They use, and if they stop Derrick Henry again, they held Dalvin Cook to like three and a half yards of carry last week. And if the volume's not there, if we get behind early, we're going to have to start throwing the ball. Yeah, and I know that this is not like the debate part of the show, but I'm going to ask you another follow-up question. Why did you say you think it's going to be a Derrick Henry game? When you know they're going to load the box like they did last time. 
Because it, it, playing the Jaguars, that's just what we've always done is Derrick Henry has been the guy that beats them up. And after getting rested pretty much the whole fourth quarter, I think he needs to get going early and break the game open and dictate the game. Because yeah. that's when we play the best is when Derrick Henry – I'm not going to argue that. I'm not going to say Tannehill's the MVP of the Titans. That's Derrick Henry. So I don't want to force him to be the difference maker in the game. It's just we need Derrick Henry to get going. <coughs> yeah. Well, I, I must say I'm very proud of you for the progress you have made today. <laughs> Joe hates me today, and it's fine. <laughs> I've had words put in my mouth, but it's okay. It, it's, Joe, it happens to me every day. Every day. Again, I'm I'm an anti-Titans fan, in case you didn't know. So, Because I expect greatness. <laughs> I, I don't think that's unfair. Do you have anything else you want to add before we jump out of here tonight? No, uh, stop the run. You got to stop a backup quarterback again. Hopefully we can do it this time. Um, God, please beat the Jags. That's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say, like, uh, definitely get pressure. Like I say every week, get pressure on the quarterback, especially a backup quarterback, make them make mistakes. Um, and then, of course, uh, that'd be the Derek Henry show with uh, – you know, Ryan Tannehill being his uh, sidekick. <laughs> so, uh, no offense, Joe. Sorry. No jab. <laughs> but, uh, There's no you jabs. Know. <laughs> We're on the same side. We're on the same team. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, I mean, like, literally, that's that's what they need to do. They need to control the clock. Control the, yeah. control the clock with the run. So, that'll be perfect. The best Titans wins are the most boring games to watch, in my opinion. Because we slow it down, control the clock, run the ball. It's nothing fancy. It is old school football. But that's how we win. And that's that's what we're equipped to do. So beat the Jags, control the game, make it boring. And uh, I hope you have a great time in Jacksonville, Joe. If we don't win, I may not make it back home. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we appreciate all the new followers we've got here on the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. We wouldn't be here without you guys. Make sure to drop us a follow over on at on Twitter at SIA Titans Beat. Subscribe, like, share with your friends and family, and we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.